Ladies and gentlemen, today is another big elite heat. We're churning out these banger elite heats, and today I'm excited for this. It's going to be old school elite heat. This is 2021 elite heat esque, Kevin. We're going to be breaking down the 2023 Wrestling Observer Awards. That's going to be the main thing we do. Uh, you mean the AEW oh, Awards? Oh, sorry, sorry, the, the 2023 AEW Observer Awards. Sorry, excuse me. Um, we'll get to that. But first, there's a couple of things we want to go over, which are a bit relevant. So, Kevin, I'll throw the, the ball over to you. I'll flick a little bounce pass. Start us off. What are we going to talk about? Well, first of all, I just want to say we are like AEW Dynamite. Every episode of Elite Heat is a bigger and better show than the last one, pal. And we do it for these fans. Better get that out of the way. Now, since it is the AEW Awards show, we're breaking down the AEW Observer 2022 Awards. We might as well talk about what is going to be a shoe-in for AEW Awards Pay-Per-View of the Year. Which is Revolution 2023. I mean, we're going to have Match of the Year, Pay-Per-View of the Year. Tony Khan is already going to cement himself as Booker of the Year for 2023 with this show. I mean, well, really all you need to know, since there's no point in predicting the whole show, that by the time you guys hear this podcast, Brian Danielson is champion. I mean, you live in Australia. You live in the future. You already know yeah. what's going to happen. Brian Danielson's already AEW champion. CM Punk came back. And we're getting CM Punk and FTR versus Kenny Omega and the Bucks, pal. Pal, my anticipation is just through the roof for that double or nothing show in a few months. That, uh, that revolution show, as you say, I live in the future. I saw it. Great 60-minute Ironman match. It's a shoe-in for number five in the match of the year rankings for the 2024 AW Observer Awards. The show, <laughs> Phil Brooks came out at the end, Kevin. Oh, my gosh. His beard isn't gray anymore. Wow. What a pay-per-view, pal. Phenomenal. I mean, it was absolutely phenomenal. So what was it like, pal, since you already saw the show? Oh, really good. Um, classic AEW. Every match went for 15 minutes on the show. Um, the, the timings were just poor. Every match had to go for 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, the, the elite match, there was some nice botching in there with the House of Black. Uh, the Chris Jericho-Ricky Starks match. I had a bathroom break because there's no build. You know, we had John Moxley and Hangman Page. John Moxley was blading again, the usual um and yeah that, that that fatal four-way tag match why why was i watching the gun club beating up jeff jarrett i, I don't get it this is supposed to be a this is the future of wrestling i'm watching these billy guns cousins and a bunch of you know old men i don't know kevin but yeah good show not much else to talk about people don't care to listen to us analyze revolution pal i'll throw it back to you yeah it's hilarious how the show is called revolution but jeff jarrett's on the card i i digress Yes. Nevertheless, um, so WrestleMania season is upon us. We're deep. It, it, we're in the middle. We're deep in the middle of WrestleMania season. And mm-hmm. it's the best time of year for us as wrestling fans and wrestling media personalities, pal. Because we are legitimate, credible media personalities, pal. 100%. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Everyone seems to think that Vincent Kennedy McMahon has booked that match. And what we do know about Brock Lesnar, which is not a lot as wrestling fans, he seems to only want to work with Vince. Apparently there was rumors that he walked out when Vince McMahon retired. And we know he ended up coming back to his SummerSlam and doing matches in Saudi Arabia. And he's done, what, three pay-per-views? He's going to do three pay-per-views already in 2023? So 
I don't know. I, I don't know how true it is. But do you think there's a real possibility that Vince McMahon is pulling the strings, uh, the strings behind the scenes with Brock Lesnar's match at least? Probably. Yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. I mean, we discussed this when Triple H took over, like how big name part-timers, namely Brock being the big one, but your Cena's, your Rocks, those types, how much Triple H being in charge will influence either whether they compete or their you know opinion on creative. Because, Kevin, I have no doubt in my mind, if Triple H is, has the pen in hand, it's Gunther versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I have no doubt in my mind of how they want to portray Gunther in these like big time spots after what we saw at the Royal Rumble. If Triple H was 100% in control of Brock Lesnar creatively, that's what would have happened at WrestleMania. Yeah, do you uh, think that match was pitched? Oh, I 100% believe Triple H pitched that. I have no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Uh, but Kevin, we're getting Brock and Omos. So, you know, I'm sure all the eight year olds in India are thrilled. About that, Kevin. Um, well, where's your excitement level for that match, pal? Hey, I'm here for it. I want to see Brock Lesnar throw around a seven foot tall giant. That's just me. I want to see Omos take the like what four or five suplexes. I want to see Brock take it to Suplex City, pal. Shoot me. This is what it is. I like it, pal. Don't you don't you feel bad that the evil, misogynistic Vince McMahon booked this match? How's that make you feel? Um. Makes me feel very, uh, very empty inside. Kevin, just remember, if the show gives you something you enjoy, Triple H booked it. If the show gives you something you don't enjoy, Vince McMahon booked it. Right. Just yeah, I mean, and, 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 and like, whether it's Triple H or whoever, like, whoever's dealing with Brock Lesnar, which I assume is Triple H dealing with him directly, who is going to tell Brock Lesnar that he can't work with Omos? If Triple H is like, hey, pal, I want you to work with Gunther, and Brock's like, no, I want to work with Omos. I, I don't think even Triple H is going to tell Brock Lesnar who he can work with. Is that fair? 100%. But I think there was the report where um, Brock Lesnar and Bray Wyatt, a match for them at WrestleMania was pitched, and Brock, like, nixed it. He, he said no. Yeah, good. <laughs> like, Nobody wants to see that. Bro- Brock was like, I don't need... Wyndham Rotunda doing the Muscle Man dance and the Firefly Funhouse and my reputation taking a hit because of that man. I don't need that. Yeah, I'd do rather... we need seven and a half weeks of segments where Bray Wyatt's cutting promos and Brock is just standing there in the ring, like pretending to be scared? <laughs> Kevin, that would have been bad in 2016 and they were building up to it. It will be. It would have been even worse in 2023. I mean, you saw the Muscle Man dance segment from. This past week's episode of Raw with Bray Wyatt and Lashley. Yeah, and yeah, that was some people something. were praising that. I was watching it thinking, this is this is not objectively not good television. Even me as an eight year old, I would not have enjoyed this. I can safely say, and that's when I've enjoyed near enough everything. Bray Wyatt doing the Muscle Man dance to Lashley. It's like, bro, come on now. Yeah, it's a step back when you think about where Bobby Lashley was just two years ago, going into WrestleMania thirty seven. He was in the WWE Championship picture, and now here he is watching Wyndham Rotunda do the Muscle Man dance on him. Uh, Bobby Lashley deserves better, pal. And shout out to Brock Lesnar for using his creative control to not allow himself to have a match with Bray Wyatt. I mean, this this is something that we can celebrate, right? It's like when John Cena used his creative control to bury the Nexus. Uh, Shout out to Brock Lesnar. What a good man. Not allowing himself to have a match with Wyndham Rotunda. Saving us all the, the tears. 
it would have been so bad. But yeah, instead, Bobby Lashley, who, as you said, two years ago, the Hurt Business was one of the hottest acts in the company, doing some amazing work, a genuinely really good stable. Lashley's the WWE champion. He's setting you know, race relations forward 10 years with how good he is as a champion you know, and representation of African-American, a black champion. He's doing incredible work, Kevin. Some of the best stuff we've seen. And now he's looking at the Titantron as Wyndham Rotunda is shimmying, doing the muscle man <laughs> dance. <with Bobby. coughs> oh, Kevin, that's so funny. Doesn't it give you Lashley's Lashley sister vibes? Just about. I mean, it, it makes when Lashley was doing segments, literally sleeping with Lana as Rusev was in the ring crying. It makes that look like great television by comparison. Wow. It's just, Kevin, this is... For WrestleMania, this is going to be the bathroom break. You can book it in now. I don't need to see, and we don't need to see, and all the listeners of Elite Heat don't need to see Bobby Lashley in a cinnamon toast conch match against Wyndham. Wyndham shimmying, you know, puppets, puppets flexing at Lashley. Lashley going to punch puppets, and the puppet vanishes. Lashley looking confused, but MVP screaming at puppets. You got Wyndham Rotunda goes missing, and then he shows up, and he's a bodybuilder. Then he vanishes, and he's not a bodybuilder. Then there's a puppet dancing, and that's long-term storytelling because Kevin, nine years ago, in a segment they did in a vignette, <laughs> they said a line about bodybuilding and strength in the build to a match against Roman Reigns, and now he's saying, Kevin, it's crap. It's rubbish. Lashley is being wasted doing the, watching Wyndham do the muscle man dance. Good on Brock Lesnar for exercising creative control. This is the time to exercise creative control. Unlike in AEW, as we'll discuss, when wrestlers literally go, I want to wrestle this guy, and then they go out and they blade against each other and have a poor match. Kevin, good on Brock Lesnar, pal. That's my only take here. Yeah, you mentioned the Bobby Lashley and Lana and Rusev love triangle. Did Art imitate life? Like, did Bobby Lashley sleep with somebody's wife backstage? Like, what, what, did, what did he do to deserve this, pal? And, and, and answer this question. What, what did Wyndham Rotunda do? to be the prize for the winner of the Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar match. Can you answer that question why Wyndham Rotunda is the prize? Why Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar are fighting over Wyndham Rotunda's affection? Yeah, as you said so perfectly in our <coughs> review, these two primal athletes fighting for the right to face Wyndham Rotunda. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> yeah, I just had to bring no, that I, back. I, I could you could you put some logic behind this for the great listeners? I know I'm asking you to do a lot with, with involving this content, but can you try to make it make sense? I know, yeah, and I'm I'm very I'm a, I'm a talented wrestling booker, wrestling mind. It is a challenge, but I'll, I'll give you this, Kevin. Back in the day, there used to be the World Wrestling Cha- Federation Championship. Used to be everything. You'd want to win the belt, and if you weren't trying to win that title. Not much meant anything. Well, Kevin, Bray Wyatt, he's had a, a career as the Fiend. He's wrestled as just Bray Wyatt, cutting scary promos. And Kevin, I guess over the course of wrestling history, last 15, 20, 30, 40 years, we're now reduced to a top prize of WrestleMania being Bray Wyatt. Kevin, is Bray Wyatt now the World Heavyweight Championship? I guess because there's no second title. Reigns <laughs> holds the world title, so I guess the number two prize is Bray Wyatt. Is that maybe what this is? Yeah, he's the workhorse title, pal. <laughs> the workhorse title. <laughs> pal, the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, the Mountain Dew Blacks match, 
the fun house mask is that a real Bryce. thing is it, you you've said this many times is this really going to be a cinnamon toast crunch match <laughs> i don't even know who said that to me i think it was someone someone's just joking but i think wwe have a sponsorship or something with cinnamon toast i hope they do because <laughs> that'd be hilarious imagine you know brock lesnar and brock bobby lashley doing a spot with cinnamon toast and then the cinnamon toast goes missing and Wyndham's like doing the muscle man dance in his face and he vanishes again. Oh, peekaboo! It's Wyndham, pal! Wow, that's real. Yeah, there's, there might actually be a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match. So, <laughs> so what is the, the basis of this match going to be? Is Bobby Lashley going to be backstage eating Cinnamon Toast Crunch like two weeks <laughs> out before <laughs> Raw? And Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy are going to walk up to Bobby Lashley as he's chowing down on some delicious Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And, and Wyndham Rotunda is going to knock the bowl out of Bobby Lashley's hand. And, and like, is that going to be the the line that went too far? And Wyndham Rotunda threw down Bobby Lashley's cinnamon toast crunch, and now that makes the match official. That pushes Mr. Lashley over the edge, pal. Kevin, I'll make this take now. I'm done with Bray Wyatt. I just he came back and it was like emotionally cut a really good personal promo too, talking about overcoming depression, overcoming obstacles, and mental health and all this. It was awesome. But, oh, my God, Kevin, this, I mean, the, the pitch black match, the Mountain Dew black match, the Rumble against LA Knight, fine. <laughs> really? Really, Kevin? A cinnamon toast crunch match? I think there's not a cinnamon toast crunch match. Whatever they're doing with Bobby Lashley right now, just, no. Stop. Kevin, I'm listening to you discuss the potential in, ins and outs of a cinnamon toast crunch match. I'm thinking this sounds like something... They do in CYN or NWA, which are apparently better promotions than WWE, which we'll get to. But it's just ridiculous. It's a joke, Kevin. Absolutely. Get this guy off my screen. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, you, you opened up a whole other can of worms that we could go into real quick. Has Bray Wyatt's return already soured? Are we back at the same boat where we were in like mid-2021 or early 2021? Where everybody was just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this Bray Wyatt guy. Is it over already? Like so. he's only been back what for like six months? Yeah. He he returned in September last year, Kevin, and that's been yeah six months. So, yeah. Kevin, I'll throw a question to you. How would you rate Bray Wyatt's return run here? We've had six <laughs> months. He's had a storyline with LA Knight. Um, he was off TV for a few weeks. He's now feuding with Lashley. He cut a few good promos at the start. What's your brutally honest thoughts? Kevin, talk. Just give us your review of his return. I'd probably give it like a C. It's probably where I would land. It's just, it's just there. Some people like it. Most people seem to be kind of over it. Um, it was cool at first. It was a big pop. But I think the problem with Bray Wyatt is the, the stories, the matches. For one, the matches are gimmicky. We know he can't go in there and have like a work rate classic like Gunther or Ricochet or somebody like that. But I mean, he could at least try. Like, do we have to get every time Bray Wyatt's in the ring, like, um, or yeah, he's gonna have a match? Does it have to be like some maniacal, weird stipulation? We saw like swamp matches. Uh, we saw just uh, these weird matches with Randy Orton, with like maggots on the screen, and then we had the pitch black match with Eli Drake. I don't, I don't know. Like, can we just get like a a normal wrestling match with him? Is that possible? Kevin, that'd probably be my take Bray Wyatt's style of storytelling it's essentially it's Cody Rhodes but on LSD 
So, you know how we talked about with Cody Rhodes and AEW and Cody Rhodes generally, his storytelling, it's over the top. It's dramatic. It's very Shakespearean. There's monologues, crying. Cody stands out in that regard. Well, Bray Wyatt's storytelling stands out in its own regard. It's over the top. It's quite dramatic. There's a lot to it. Only it's weird, unnecessary, strange. Looks like, looks like someone who wrote it was on an acid trip during it. And it's just most of the time a mess. There's a lot of thought that goes into this clearly. And if you understand the exact nuances, maybe it's a masterpiece. But someone who just watches Raw, watches SmackDown, watches the pay-per-views, I'll watch the, the Bray Wyatt segment and go, just no, no, get this off my screen. This is no. <laughs> like... Is that fair? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, it is. Absolutely. I, I wow. think people just don't have the attention span to sit there and watch an eight-week long build-up for the sake of just having it. Like, why is Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt, why, are they, why do they hate each other? We don't really know. We see the Muscle Man segment with Bray Wyatt, and yeah, some people liked it, like we said, but I don't know. It's just I, I would like to see it get to the point. And there really is no point right now to Bobby Lashley and Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I think we'll, let, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, hopefully in a month's time, come WrestleMania, Kevin will be amped, will be excited to watch Lashley and Bray in a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match. But look, wait to be seen. So Kevin, is there anything else you want to discuss before we get into our, I guess, main item on the agenda? No, I'm ready to, to roast the 2022 Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. I can't wait, pal. I can't okay. wait anymore. Let, let's just do it. Let's do it. Now, for starters, I want to say, disclaimer, because every time you discuss the Wrestling Observer Awards, you get the same comment, same couple of comments and replies. Dave Meltzer didn't pick these awards. Brian Alvarez didn't pick... We know. We're aware. We know these subscribers, Kevin, vote on these awards. Right. But who are these subscribers listening to as the source of their wrestling knowledge and their wrestling opinion? Who are they paying to listen to to tell them what to think? Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Mike Semberavivi, any guests they have? <coughs> Kevin, yeah, we, just to all the, the listeners who might be thinking, well, it's not Dave Meltzer. He doesn't pick them. We know. Just want to address that. So, Kevin, over to you. Where do you want to start? Hit us with something. Let's start out hot. Let's start with the most prestigious award or the most prestigious category in all of the awards. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter 2022 Wrestler of the Year. I'll ask you, pal, who do you think won this award? Well, I mean, you look at Wrestler of the Year. I'd, I'd give it to Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins. Right. Because Seth Rollins proved he can have a great story and a compelling match with anyone. That Cody stuff was brilliant. He, he made, I believe, WrestleMania 38, yeah? He wrestled Cody. I mean, Rollins generally was excellent all year. Uh, Roman was champion all year. Granted, he didn't work as much in 2022. So I understand if you put Roman second. Um, and then if I'm looking at AEW, CM Punk was pretty good for about six months before he got injured. Um, I mean, Moxley was like consistent for most of the year. I wouldn't say he should win the award. He should maybe be top five. Um, and MJF maybe should be, you know, top three or four. So... Yeah, who won? Who won, Kevin? Well, I'm sure, as you already know, it's uh, John Moxley. Yeah, John Moxley won in a very handy fashion. He received 3,100 votes in total, 
498 first place votes. Roman Reigns was second, and he received 232 first place votes. So he received a little less than half the first place votes that Moxie received. I mean, this one, you know, there's better hills that we could die on when we're roasting yeah. these awards. Moxley was good. Let's just call it like it is. Yeah. Moxley was the face of AEW when Punk was out both times. He carried AEW in the summer when Punk got injured originally, when he was had to relinquish his championship. And then when Punk got injured again, beating up the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, Moxley came in and he carried the company. And he's the hardest soul of that company in a lot of respects. He's the now... Mm-hmm. You know, Jericho is like the legend. MJF is like the up-and-coming guy. MJF's transitioning into being the face of that company. 2023 is going to be the year of MJF. 2022 was the year of Moxley. Uh, but here, here's something, though, because you mentioned Seth Rollins. You mentioned MJF. You mentioned Cody. You mentioned Punk. Yeah. None of those guys were in the top five. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, Will Ospreay came in third. Okay. On yep. a uh, wrestler of the year panel, okay. Will Ospreay was third. Um, that's interesting. Okay, I-, I couldn't tell you one match that Will Ospreay had. That's just me. Can you can you tell me uh, any of Will Ospreay's classic matches from twenty twenty two? I thought everybody hated the guy. That's what I thought. I thought he was like public enemy number one with with, with the 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 internet wrestling fans. Well, so, sorry, Kim, before I answer that, <coughs> with, who was who four and who was five? Because, I mean, you mentioned, so obviously MJF wasn't there, fair enough. Rollins had an exceptional year as the constant WWE. He was involved in storyline in the year, in my opinion, against Cody. He was constant throughout the whole year. He's not there. It was you Okada. Same Punk, same Punk wasn't there. Who was fourth or fifth? Okada was fourth. Okay. Yeah, Okada fourth. Oh, and uh, Sierra. Sayuri is fifth. You know, Sayuri? I don't know who that is. I'm not now, even trying to be funny. I don't know obviously, who that is. Obviously better than Seth Rollins doing the best work throughout the whole year in the biggest wrestling company in the world by far. Obviously better. You know, Sayuri, pal. That Duh. is a female wrestler, and she wrestles for stardom. And is she's, there, she's it, a shoot boxer kickboxer, and mixed martial artist. Hmm. Okay. Oh, she right. was in the UFC. Okay. Right. Isn't there, isn't there a women's wrestling MVP award in this? I'm confused. Yeah, there or is. Or they just have everyone at one. I'm, okay, sure. Right. Okay, Kevin, um, there's that. Uh, you know, I guess Rollins, MJF, CM Punk... Those guys just don't factor in. I guess Moxley wins it because he blades against everyone and his mother. You know, like, okay, hey, cool. Hey, yeah. I mean, if we're giving this award to, to the guy, like if this is like an NBA MVP award to the guy that wrestled the most matches, showed up to the most TVs, Moxley would have to be that guy. Out of everybody, he was around full-time on American television. And in, in, in the main event spotlight. Where Seth Rollins was kind of more like a mid-card guy. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, that's as... Moxley winning that's as, you know, as legitimate as Jokic winning three MVPs. But we'll leave it there, Kevin. Let's move to the next award. Let's move, let's move on. All right, let, let's do a best box office draw. Okay. 
You want any guesses? <laughs> box office. Uh, the Reigns or Brock? There's, there's, there shouldn't be a debate here. Yeah, Reigns won it. Cena came in second, and then Punk was third. Yeah. I actually thought Punk would be second. I'm surprised Cena was second. That is surprising. That that that. Wow. Yeah, damn. There okay. you go. Yeah. There you go, pal. Um, let's see. What about the United States slash Canada MVP? Well, you'd think. Once again, Kevin, I explained who I feel that should be, mm-hmm. but it would be probably Moxley because he won Wrestler of the Year, you'd assume? Yeah, yeah, Moxley won this in even more dominant fashion. He received triple the votes in second place, Roman Reigns. And then, uh, yeah, it was Chris Jericho, MJF, and Brian Danielson. So you kind of see where this is going. My, mm-hmm. my thing is, how is Chris Jericho the, the third person in this race? Like, what, what Wait, is Chris sorry, Jericho? Chris Jericho is where? Third. <laughs> yeah, Chris Jericho's over MJF and Brian Danielson. Like, even for AEW, like, if, if we're, just, we're doing this as an AEW award, <laughs> the fact that Chris Jericho's over MJF and Brian Danielson <laughs> is ludicrous. Oh no! No, no disrespect to Chris Jericho. We love Chris Jericho, but what is what did Chris Jericho offer AEW in twenty twenty two? But pal, tag matches involving Sammy Guevara, Claudio, and Brian Danielson, pal. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Like I'm struggling to even think about. <laughs> I can't even picture what Jericho was doing. I can't think of anything that Jericho did. Like I can tell you what MJF and Brian Danielson did. In uh, in 2022, yeah, yeah, Chris Jericho is third. Like that's interesting. That's just wow, wow. Um, okay. How about uh, the best weekly TV show? <coughs> this one should be promising. Okay. okay, so I know the I know who votes on these awards. I know what the winner of this award is. It's Dynamite. The Dynamite could be as bad as Monday Night Raw, but because Tony Khan books it, he'll still win this award every year. I understand that. Um, but why well, should probably SmackDown should be second, and then maybe I'm trying to think what could be third. To be honest, so I think yeah, Dynamite one, SmackDown two is what it should be. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. D- um, Dynamite had 753 first place votes. SmackDown had 104. And Dynamite had 4,000 votes total. SmackDown was second with a little under 2,000. That's interesting. Right. That's interesting in its own right. This is another one where I'm not going to die on a hill. Yeah. And say, like, oh, SmackDown was that much better than Dynamite, or this is ridiculous. Mm. You know, I mean, th- to me, there's not really, like, a great weekly wrestling TV show. So, if AEW, sure. You want to tell me AEW Dynamite was the best weekly show of not gonna argue with you i'm not gonna say oh yeah smackdown in the middle of september with no roman reigns is better than dynamite <laughs> yeah but kevin one thing i want to say with this award you look at the top five and it just makes me go that there's just really no good quality weekly tv shows in wrestling or there hardly is like new japan strong was fourth impact wrestling was fifth aw rampage finished third the show that literally got two hundred thousand or two hundred eighty-seven thousand viewers the other week, a show that no one's interested in. I think Miz and though. Mrs. has more viewers than Rampage. It does. It, it literally, it, it, Miz and Mrs. was getting six to 700,000 viewers because of the Raw lead-in a few years ago. Like, there's no debate. Like, three and below are just 
not even worth discussing. I, I get why Dynamite wins, just because, especially with this audience. For me, I watch Dynamite and I'm not interested in most of what's going on. That's just me. I watch SmackDown on the same, in fairness. Uh, but yeah, Rampage, Strong, Impact. I couldn't even tell you other shows. That's how non-eventful weekly wrestling TV has become. But yeah, yeah. like that. That's kind of what it is now. Like wrestling is just weekly from a weekly TV show standpoint. It's not captivating. It's just not hitting home the same as it did even like ten years ago. Which is crazy to say because Raw wasn't that great ten years ago, but it was better than anything. Pretty much anything we get now. <coughs> oh, yeah, give us the give us the Raw Super Show with CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, and Cena. Is the main event acts and you're know, like the big show on there. Like, give us that. That was pretty good in the most part, but nonetheless, Kevin, let's move on to another category. All right, let's do uh, most overrated. We got to turn this up a little bit, pal. Okay. So, Wait, any guesses? Overrated. Sorry, gone. Go no, I was just going to say, any guesses for who won this one? Oh, this is where the objectivity of this comes in because most overrated, knowing the people who vote on this, it'd probably be Roman Reigns. Uh, in my opinion, most overrated. When you look at how much someone gets praised versus their actual output on the show, you can you can make a very, very valid case to someone like potentially a, a CM Punk and Omega. Uh, I don't know. Some would say like Rollins is over, like Cody potentially like people like that. That's who I'd imagine would be given most overrated. So Kevin hits with it. Yeah. So uh, I, I'll go from um, I'll go in ascending order. Uh-huh. So Austin Theory was fifth. Okay. I, I don't see how Austin Theory is the fifth most overrated wrestler. What, what did he do? He won the U.S. title. He won the Money in the Bank. He came out and said A-Town down. <laughs> out of promo. Like, what, what did Austin Theory do so wrong? He was running around the mid-card, and everyone on Twitter was saying he sucks. How, how's he highly right? What? Yeah, a heel that people think he sucks. Great, that's that's very legitimate, credible number five. Oh, who, who's number four? CM Punk. CM Punk edged out Austin Theory for fourth with two more votes than him. This is the same CM Punk who, without him, AW in twenty twenty two wouldn't, for the most part, wouldn't have even been worth watching. That's CM Punk. Okay. But like, why is he overrated? Everybody loved him when he returned in twenty twenty one, and everybody loved him until. What, the Hangman controversy? The Hangman Page controversy in May, June? Is that when the, when the tide turned on Punk? Like, they're just like, okay, yeah, this guy sucks now because yeah, he cut a promo on a Hangman Page that we didn't like. That's kind of pathetic. Like, how, like, Theory, then Punk. Like, really? If I, okay, nice. Um, who's three? Roman Reigns. None other than Roman Reigns. I, I have a problem with that. I really do. It's the best guy in a company in WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world. And, and yeah, I mean, you could say what you want about him. You know, I mean, I'm sure there was times where everybody thought Cena was overrated. So it's not just because he's the top guy in WWE doesn't mean he's not overrated. But this is not the same Roman Reigns that was out there in 2015 telling Big Show stories about a Jack and the Beanstalk. Correct. Like, th- this guy is in the middle of the most captivating storyline that we've seen in a number of years. And what did he do in 2022? I mean, yeah, he had the match with Brock and WrestleMania, and that was what it was. But then after yeah. that, we started the Bloodline story. So, Roman Reigns is overrated. I mean, yeah, this is the objectivity, the bias. Like, is this award 
one of like this is one of the the key awards where you really see this award like this award program for what it is <clears throat> i kind of say before you get to number two and number one this is such strange voting so theory a legit mid carder who not many people well, i think overrate i think someone who a bunch of people say oh they need to be the top guy push them to the moon blah 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 stuff like that, that that's overrating someone especially if their ability doesn't match generally Austin Theory, no one was like, he's legit a mid-card guy held the US title and you say, saying A-Town down, that guy. And then CM Punk, who was praised by these people for a year, then all of a sudden he made some, some mean comments about the, the elite not being able to manage a target and all of a sudden he's overrated. And Roman Reigns literally carried the WWE on his back with the Bloodline story in 2022. Makes sense. Kevin, who's number two? Tyrus. I mean, how, <laughs> how, how did Tyrus not win this? What? How did Tyrus what? not win this? I mean, Tyrus, Ty, bro, this guy went from being like a talking head on Fox News to all of a sudden like the face of the NWA and being like just plastered all over social media. Like, yeah, look at this. Look at Tyrus having matches. Like, we're supposed to believe Tyrus is the guy that's going to carry the torch in the NWA. That's the same wrestling company that Ric Flair almost died in a plane crash suffered a broken back almost 50 years ago for this business for that company rick flair nearly died have tyrus running around in studio shows in atlanta georgia wrestling matches with god knows who and then showing up on fox news with the nwa championship are, are you kidding me bro and this guy's second to ronda rousey ronda rousey won this for those of you asking what did what did poor Ronda Rousey do? What did she do in 2022? She she comes out every week, or not even every week. She shows up what three four months out of the year. She shows up on Raw or SmackDown. That's a bad promo. Botches everyone, makes fun of her, and then she wins a match and then she leaves. I know. But you got this freaking guy posing as like a Fox News reporter. Ah, oh, God. Kevin, the same company that Ric Flair nearly died for, pal. Ric Flair nearly died to see to have Tyrus. Oh my God, I bet I bet Ric Flair is disgusted watching Tyrus run amok. Kevin, the NWA for decades and decades was such a well-respected territory, such a well-respected company. Tyrus, it was a world championship that was held <laughs> by some absolute all-time greats of professional wrestling, a belt that was so highly thought of in the annals of professional wrestling. And now, as you say, Tyrus, formerly Brodus Clay, the leader of the Funky Dactyls, who came out dancing and shimmying, dressed as dinosaurs with pom-poms 10 years ago for Vince McMahon. This is the guy that was telling people to call his mama. And now we're supposed to believe he's a face of wrestling, like he's one of the cornerstones of the wrestling business? (laughs) Kevin, I've watched the segments on Fox News. This guy gets on with the NWA world title as though he's some lifelong experienced political analyst. He gets on and tries to come with a hot take about BLM or a hot take about abortions or a hot take on the Democrats and CNN. And he thinks he's edgy. And this is the face of NWA. Kevin, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, these legends, Harley Race, these legends fought for that championship. And now it's Tyrus on Fox News disrespecting x y and z politically 
Dusty oh, Rose and Harley Race, Roddy Piper. They gave their life for this business and for the NWA. Just to watch it devolve into Brodus Clay sitting on Fox News holding that championship. For Billy Corgan, because Billy Corgan likes the publicity, pal. <laughs> and that somehow is not the most overrated wrestler. But no, Ronda Rousey, again, she shows up three months out of the year, cuts a bad promo, everyone on the internet wish, wishes her death, th death threats, wishes that she'd never come back to wrestling, wishes that she'd quit. And she's most overrated for that, pal. Who's rating her highly? Like, I, I get it, maybe in 2018. She gets death threats. <laughs> How is that overrating someone? She literally gets death threats anytime that her music hits. <laughs> she hasn't even been booked in a WrestleMania match yet. Just a rumor that she and Shayna Baszler are going to take on Becky Lynch and Lita at WrestleMania. And people are sending her death threats over a rumor. But that's overrated. Oh my god. That's... Awful. Yeah, now, Kevin, if this, I get it was 2018, and this was Ronda Rousey when she was portrayed as, like, this absolute revolutionary figure who's the best in wrestling by far and better than anyone on top of it. I, I get maybe then that was, like, you know, being overrated by the company. Kevin, in 2022, yeah, she had a, a mediocre SmackDown Women's title run, which was, like, a skippable five- to ten-minute block on SmackDown each week. She'd come out, she'd cut a mediocre promo, win, leave, and no one really cared. She's more overrated than a 50-year-old Brodus Clay who is carrying around a championship and being the face of a company and a promotion. There's so much legacy and history to it as he goes on Fox News every second day trying to diss CNN and diss Joe Biden. Brilliant. Brilliant work, Wrestling Observer. What a great way to make your awards <laughs> seem legitimate. Tyrus finishing set. Ronda Rousey, Kevin? Over Tyrus? What? Uh, I'll say this I... again. Ronda Rousey receives death threats anytime she's on the screen. Who is overrating her? <laughs> Kevin, Ronda Rousey hardly even has stan accounts. Like, I could name you five to ten women, women's wrestlers who have far more fanfare than Ronda Rousey. And none of them overrated? These, like, literal mid-card women who don't get any TV time or aren't actually that good, they have heaps of stands who overrate them. They're not overrated, but Ronda Rousey, who, as you say, gets death threats because the WWE rumor a month out that she might be involved in an undercard women's tag title match, that, that Ronda Rousey is the most overrated more than Tyrus? Are you kidding me? And if you want to look at it like, okay, this is a wrestler that sucks, that's being pushed to the moon by a company, and like that's your definition of overrated? A Tyrus. Yeah. Yeah, how does Ronda Rousey fit that mold? I mean, she was champion for a couple months, okay. Right, she had a WrestleMania match. Who did she beat at WrestleMania? Was it Charlotte? Yeah, yes. The Charlotte? Yeah, she beat Charlotte. Wow. Everybody hates Charlotte, so everybody should have been clapping for Ronda Rousey. She buried Charlotte. Good. We didn't need another Charlotte ring. We got one, though. Nevertheless, people hated Ronda Rousey so much that Triple H was like, oh, I'm going to book Charlotte as champion again. That'll, that'll make him happy. That's what you do when you hate someone that much for no reason. We end up with Charlotte Flair as champion again. Charlotte Flair is a face champion. That's that's not people are disinterested in Ron Rousey, but she's overrated, pal. With her five to ten minute random middle of <coughs> forty minutes in the SmackDown women's filler match stuff from twenty twenty two. That's most overrated, Kevin. This whole category is a mess. Ronda Rousey's the most overrated. Tyrus number two. 
Roman Reigns three. First, how's Ra- Roman F and Reigns is one spot behind Tyrus? Are you going, what? Ra- Come on. And then number four is Phil Brooks, CM Punk, and number five, Austin Theory. That is the most bipolar collection of five talents for an award you could possibly name. I could, that is legit, the, like a, a star of five where everyone's so different and on the other end of the spectrum to each other. What a ridiculous award, Kevin. It makes a joke of the whole thing. Yeah, what, what would you, just for, for, uh, for giggles here, like what would be your top three, your top five most overrated? Or we could both just give out some names. Oh, some names. As far as who's the, who's the most overrated. Yeah, in your um, opinion. As in, okay, my honest opinion here. Uh, Tyrus is a great pick. Yeah, I'd, I'd put Tyrus one as far as what you define as overrated. He'd have to be one for everything we've just discussed. Uh, number two, oh, God. I would go Chris Jericho. I, I'd have him in the top three to five, yeah. That, that is fair. Yeah, Chris Jericho, I think, deserves a shout-out. Um, I mean, also, Dairy, I guess, is not bad. You know, if we're going, we're just going based off, like, why are they pushing this guy? Like, uh-huh. like this guy is being pushed as, like, the next guy, and then you put the U.S. title on him? Like, what? I'm surprised Cody Rhodes wasn't mentioned in this, because we know who's voting on it. Right. And the, the, he literally left AEW. I'm surprised he wasn't... The, you know, anyway, so... Interesting, 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 Kevin. Uh, do you want to move on, or do you want to keep discussing Tyrus? Yeah, no, let, let's, let's please move on. Or I raise my blood pressure too high. Well, Kevin, pick a category, and we can break it down. And let, let's, uh, I, I need to take it personally to relax a little bit. I'm coughing a lot. Uh, so let, let's look at the worst television announcer. Oh, Corey Graves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a runaway, like you would think. This is actually a very tightly contested um, award. Corey Graves barely beat Booker T. And Booker T's doing what, NXT now? He's the NXT 2.0 guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who even watches that show to even vote on Booker T? <laughs> and then Jim Ross is third, like... Oh, of course. Jim Ross was so bad on commentary last year that, he, that even Tony Khan had to pull him. And I, and Tony Khan pulled him off TV, which, was, it, I mean, it had to get really bad for Tony Khan to actually do something about it. Um, then Michael Cole, fourth, and then Kevin Patrick, whoever, who's Kevin Patrick? Kevin Patrick's, hey, wait, and worst announcer, he's literally the... Is he Booker's partner? I think, uh, it shows how much we, we, you know, in tune with this, Kevin Patrick, yeah, I think so. Oh, he's the Maybe? interview guy. Um, oh, that guy, the um, one talk. Just, yeah, the one's a bit cringe, okay. Yeah, um, that's fair, I guess. How's Michael Cole in the worst five? Yeah, that's kind of weird. He's, this has been some of his best stuff. Like his commentary, especially with Bloodline stuff and main event stuff, it, it's genuinely quite good. But of course, that's, that, that's in the worst five, I guess. He's worse than Excalibur. He's worse than anyone who works in AW. He's worse than any other WWE talents. Except Jim Ross. Uh, yeah, that's just, wow. Yeah, Jim Ross. I mean, the fact that Jim Ross is th- was this high... That's shocking. I mean, it, it had to be bad. I don't really remember thinking, wow, Jim Ross is awful in commentary. But it had to be bad for 157 AEW diehard fans to vote him as the worst commentator. That Michael Cole one, 
I wouldn't have pictured three years ago I'd be going and bat for Michael Cole, but that's just downright disrespectful. Yeah. That considering his body of work last year with Pat McAfee, especially some genuinely really good wrestling commentary came from that. And Cole was a big part of that in the main wrestling storyline that's getting two and a half million viewers a week. Uh, that that boggles my mind. Yeah, I would rather those 61 votes for Cole just go to Graves. Correct. Yeah, because Graves, I mean, good God. He's that guy. That that guy is. What's what's wrong with. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. What's wrong with him supporting his wife when she's on screen? Well, it's not just that. If you take that, if you take that away, pretend like it doesn't even exist. Mm. It never happens. Corey Graves is still by far and away the worst commentator in wrestling. Yes. He's so unbearable. He just, the corny jokes, he's like a PG watered down version of Jerry Lawler. That's not funny. Uh, And then he has like no foil to work with on Raw. And I can't even think of who the Raw guys are now at this point. It's Wade Wade Barrett, right? Wade Barrett's one. No, he's SmackDown. Wade Barrett's SmackDown. No, it's like Jimmy Smith, and maybe they might have Byron Saxon there, but maybe they don't. No, so Saxon's like, gone. Okay, so it's literally Corey Graves, like Jimmy Smith, and if they want to put a third guy there, that's literally raw. That's Tom Phillips, pal. Oh, God. But, you yeah, know, like, if, if pretending, you know, like, Carmella's gone, Corey Graves has nothing, and never associated with Carmella. Let's pretend she's out of the picture. His commentary is just insufferable. This isn't a, oh, he supports his wife, therefore we hate him. No, it's, not, it's way more than that. The commentary for Carmel stuff's a bit cringe. Obviously, that's the point. But the general commentary, I, I can't watch Raw with sound on because of him. So he's clearly one. So. Do you want to take a guess on the, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter 2022 worst match of the year? Oh, Ric Flair's last match. No doubt about it. There shouldn't even be a discussion. He was a, he's faking a heart attack in front of loved ones to try and sell NWA pay-per-views. That's clearly the worst match. Yeah, it's uh, it's second actually, according to the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter readers, pal. Yeah, Ric Flair's last match was second. Ric Flair, someone who's literally been banned from even attending AW shows, he's literally on the blacklist for AW. Him having a match where he fakes a heart attack in front of loved ones. They also featured Andrade, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett in an NWA house show. That, that that wasn't the worst match. Correct. Yeah. You want to hear the worst match? Sorry, did, did Heroes of Wrestling happen last year? What, how, there was, what was worse? What was worse than that? Uh, Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee from WrestleMania 30, <coughs> 38, night two. It, it didn't just win by a slim margin. It actually got triple the votes in comparison to Ric Flair's last match. Kevin, I'm, I'm fact-checking. Was that some 30-minute bell-to-bell, like, you know, long match that just would never end? It went. For, it was a three-minute, like, almost comedy skit. Yeah, like, it wasn't even really, like, uh, technically it was a real match, but, I mean, it wasn't, like, a real match. No. Pat McAfee had his match. Up, it was sold. You, they were trying to sell a pay-per-view with, come watch Ric Flair, a 73-year-old man, have a match in front of loved ones. That was built on. This was just an impromptu little skit that happened that went for two minutes, two, three minutes. A man that it nearly died to like match. two years prior in Ric Flair. Ric Flair was literally like on his deathbed, kicked out. And then here he is having a match at like 73 years old. And the people that booked this match, 
people that enabled this are at fault too. Like they, like they, they should all win. You should have the Ric Flair, Ric Flair's last match, the Booker, the people that put it on pay per view. All everybody bundled in. <coughs> That's horrendous. Like Kevin, I, when I watched WrestleMania thirty eight night two, I didn't watch Mister McMahon and Pat McAfee. Because Kevin, we've got to keep in mind, the whole bit with that was Pat McAfee was Vince McMahon's guy. He was wrestling Theory. They have their like legitimate 10-minute match. And then Vince comes down afterwards and Pat, and Pat McAfee sells a bit and kind of bumps around for a couple of Vince punches. And it's like a two, three-minute, who really cares, squash kind of skit almost. And Austin just stunned Vince. That's all it was. Apparently, that's worse than Ric Flair going down all fours, clutching his heart, screaming in agony in front of loved ones, in a match that was built up to try and sell a pay-per-view. What a joke of an award. Are you kidding me? Really, Kevin? Really? And and, and even if, okay, we're going to say, all right, a WWE match should have won this award. Just use that logic for a moment. The Men's Royal Rumble match was worse than Vince versus Pat McAfee. Correct. the, The Men's Royal Rumble match in 2022 was like a carbon copy of the 2019 Men's Royal Rumble match. Except you had Brock win. You had a, a bigger star win the match. Instead of Seth Rollins winning it and becoming the man's man. Like, but it was like the most predictable Royal Rumble match ever. Brock loses his WWE Championship earlier in the night. Like he was already WWE Champion. <laughs> and they did a unification match. So think about this. Brock went into the Royal Rumble as champion. We ended up getting a unification cha- um, championship match between him and Roman. But Brock lost the belt. Won the Royal Rumble just to win the belt back. <laughs> or not, not win the belt back, but just to get another championship match. Where they could have just kept him champion in a unification match that way. Didn't he literally win it at the Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia when he, he just F5'd a bunch of people and squashed everyone just won the title? Oh, yeah, he did. Right. That's right. So it, it, well, I forgot. It was champion versus champion. So, yeah, he, he lost the belt at the Royal Rumble, entered the Royal Rumble match, won it, just to win the WWE title again and then go on and challenge Reigns in a unification match. I put that Elimination Chamber match, which Brock won, is one of the worst five matches of the year. I, like, you watched, that was as bad as the Rumble. Granted, the Rumble went for like an hour because obviously it's the Rumble and that was poorly booked. I think the Rumble should have won. This, actually, no, sorry. I think Ric Flair's last match is the clear winner. There's no yeah. debate. And then the Royal Rumble. And then I think, from my stance at least, the Elimination Chamber match, which Brock won. I was watching that and it felt the same way as when Shayna Baszler won the Women's Elimination Chamber three years ago. You're, you're watching it thinking, this is so awfully predictable. It's not fun. It's a bore. And Brock just won. Who cares? And the show ended. It was a, it was a crap match. But, uh, Kevin, I guess Vince McMahon had a two-minute, I'm going to punch Pat McAfee and hit, like, five moves on him, and Steve Austin will be there. Therefore, that's, that's the worst match of the year because it's Vince, pal. Yeah, then uh, our girl Ronda Rousey makes another appearance. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Oh, that that came in third. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was bad, so that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Royal Rumble came in fourth. And then our guy Tyrus. Matt Cardona versus Trevor Murdoch versus Tyrus. Oh, my God. Um, was fifth. So just based on just reading that match out loud, I'm not going to argue that, that it made this list. I'm not going to argue it. So 
Matt Cardona, Trevor Murdoch, and a 50-year-old Tyrus. <laughs> yep. I, do, I, I can't believe... And, and Wait, so can we do worst promotion now? Yes, we can. I just want to say this. I want to reiterate this. Dusty uh-huh. Rhodes, Harley Race, and Roddy Piper died for the NWA <laughs> to watch from their grave, to watch... Iris defend the most prestigious at one point the most prestigious belt in the history of wrestling against Matt Cardona and Trevor Murdoch. But well, that's no, that is that. no debate, hands down, the worst promotion of 2022. I will not even hear an argument that there's anything else. Uh, Kevin, I, I would have made an argument that CYN would be up there as well, but no debate. NWA is the worst wrestling promotion in 2022. I'm not even going to hear a discussion or an argument of anything else. I would also argue GCW as well. Oh, God. I would argue that has to be... Uh, throw, throw that one in the hat. I mean, that, that company just allowed... <laughs> Tony Khan... Uh, no, oh, my God. Tony Khan allowed his biggest star, all of you people that love this stuff, your wrestler of the year, Tony Khan allowed that man... Wrestle a criminal in GCW in Nick Gage. That's the man that runs the competition, the biggest competition for WWE that we've seen since WCW. That man allowed his biggest star to go to GCW and wrestle Nick Gage, the guy that nearly got AEW thrown off of Turner and cost them a sponsorship. Using a pizza cutter during a, a side by side with Domino's Pizza, the Domino's Pizza commercial. Tony Khan allowed his biggest star to wrestle that guy in GCW. That's like if Vince McMahon just allowed Steve Austin in 1998. It's just like, hey, go wrestle New Jack at an oh. indie show. You, pal, imagine Triple H nowadays is like, hey, Roman, go wrestle Alberto Del Rio at a random show in Mexico. Like, what? Yeah, go wrestle El Patron, pal. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kevin, I just... Yeah, so for this category, so let's do, let's do the 5 4 I, I forgot we were doing a category. So, yeah, this is for worst promotion. So just to clarify, <laughs> let, let, before we get to the actual the Wrestling Observer awards and what they called it the aw observer awards let's get to our opinion so worst we're agreeing is clearly no debate nwa yeah well i, I wouldn't yeah. say no debate but I, I would say nwa edges out gcw and cyn yeah i'd put cyn then gcw but i can see why you'd, you'd alternate two and three with that and then four i don't even know maybe impacts i saw that they had a match involving it was just a 73 year old getting beat up it wasn't rick flair it was a different one a different old man getting beat up. There was that. Yeah. I don't know. I probably would impact there. And then maybe, like, uh, yeah, something like that, you know, like something like that. So Kevin, that's what we'd say. Let's roll it. What's number five? Uh, number five is GCW. Okay. Again, uh, Tony Khan allowed his biggest star to go to GCW to wrestle Nick Gage. So Tony Khan associates himself with a top five worst promotion, pal. I'm going to reiterate oh, that for the great listeners. Um, and then, yeah, AAA came in fourth. Um, you know, a company notorious for, uh, you know, for burying people, for burying young talent. But that's neither here nor there. Number oh three, gosh. CYN. Hey! Matt Cardona, Adam Scher, 
Ethan Page, their brainchild. And Braun Strowman literally just gave up. Like, what, three months into the company? was like, yeah, I'm going back to WWE. Good luck, guys. Yeah. This was Adam Shares' aborted wrestling company. That was an objective top three. Adam Share, oh, whatever. Anyway, next, what's number two? Number two, Kevin, has to be, you know, well, well we've already done GCW and we've already done CYN. So what, what can number two be? Because number one's obviously NWA. So yeah, what's number, no, two? number two is the great National Wrestling Alliance. What? Yeah. Hold on. Number two, wait. Mm-hmm. The company where Tyrus was the champion for most of the year, and they had a great, great world title program and series with Trevor Murdoch, Matt Cardona, and Tyrus, mm-hmm. which disgraces the legacy of all the legends of wrestling. Yeah, who <laughs> fought and paved their way for that championship, that territory, that promotion. Dusty Rose, Roddy Piper, and Harley Race died for that, pal. So what's number what, what could possibly be worse than that? You have to be have to be a, a show where people were dying in the streets, a show with like a drug cartel on it, the like criminals. <laughs> it had to be something well, so yeah. great. <laughs> we already had but, uh, criminals with GCW, pal. Uh, no, no, never... no, yeah, criminals is fifth. So like, what can possibly be worse than the NWA last year? Yeah, number one was uh, none other than WWA, pal. <laughs> 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 Wait, you didn't misspeak. You didn't misspeak, did you? you? WWE was worse than NWA, CYN, and GCW. Yeah, the WWA, pal. Do I, do I even need to explain that to the viewers? Does that does that does that deserve words? <laughs> hey, pal. If you want, if you want to give it words. <laughs> yeah, I know. I yeah, just, know. just the, the company with. The literally the best talent in the world with Roman Reigns, with Brock Lesnar, the company that almost tripled their best earnings ever, the, the company that's making billions of profit, the company that appeals to the the world over, no criminals, no literal <laughs> drug busts, no cartels, there weren't wrestlers dying in the ring, there weren't wrestlers faking heart attacks for loved ones at ringside and celebrating that as a pay-per-view main event. None of it. Just the biggest no, we, stars. Did have, we, we did have criminal activity with the... Uh... That the CEO and chairman. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Can't even laugh. Oh, my God. But nonetheless, I mean, come on. You can't, you can't rattle off. What the NWA did in 2022, and like analyze that and say WWE is worse because Vince McMahon has a shady record as an owner. So so does most wrestling owners, and so does most billionaires. So I don't know. Uh, oh, that man. that's egregious. That is WWE is worse than those companies with literal criminals, tyrus. I I can't. I can't, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um. All right. <laughs> Oh, where do we wow. go from here, pal? Um, uh, let's do a couple of ones that are pretty kind of like straightforward and aren't that interesting just to kind of cool down a bit, then we can ramp it up again sometime. Yeah, let's do best gimmick. Oh, uh, yeah, so Sami Zayn on best gimmick in a landslide. 
which yeah. was a welcome surprise. I was I was not expecting that. I was expecting maybe like Daniel Bryan to win best gimmick or something. Daniel Bryan's gimmick of I wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a yeah. technical wrestler, pal. That's what I do. Yeah, Will Ayuda, I'm going to wrestle you on Rampage for these fans. There you go. I mean, that's a great gimmick if I received one, pal. Yeah, I mean, for that award, it was the acclaim, came in second. Uh, Dan Hoosen, Roman Reigns with that bloodline, and Orange Cassie. That rounds out your Wrestling Observer Newsletter 2022 Best Gimmick. Um, let's see. Let me I guess, yeah, I, here's a, I here's a WWE Dan, award, pal. Yeah, go on. Sorry, go ahead. You were saying? I was going to say, I guess Dan Hoosen's just that much better a gimmick and a performer than Roman Reigns in the bloodline, guys, sure. Next. Yeah, of course. Move on. Obviously. I mean, it's not even a question. What? Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> okay, now, yeah, we just accepted that just blatant, clear reality, pal. I guess, yeah, Dan Hughes yeah, okay, next, next, move on. Yeah, we, we've beaten you down here, pal. We've beaten you down with these awards. You just I can't have, believe you just have the NWA, the NWA and Tyrus, the guy who goes on Fox News <laughs> ranting about CNN as the world champion that Harley Race literally died for, that is worse than WWE <laughs> somehow. I, I can't believe that. WWE's worse than that. 15 even. years ago, paid off with some hush money. Therefore, 2022 was... Just carry on. I can't just carry on. Yeah, so here's the WWE award. 2022 worst feud of the year. Uh, there's only one non-WWE selection represented in this category. Um, number one, My Old Buddy The Miz versus Dexter Loomis. Worst feud of the year. I, I, I'm not going to argue that. I think they got it right. Bravo. Bravo. Um, yeah, the number two, Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. Sure. Uh, why do we hate Ronda Rousey so much? I, I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight. Um, I thought this feud was, I guess it was mostly 2022. They blew it off at the Royal Rumble in the pitch black match. But sure, yeah, you want to put Bray Wyatt in there. Bray Wyatt's a staple of these awards anyway. Um, this was even, okay. sorry, 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 just before you go on, I just want to discuss that. The, the part of this storyline <clears throat> that took place in November and December, so while in 2022, that wasn't even bad by and large. It was LA Knight cutting entertaining promos, Bray Wyatt doing his... That wasn't even... No, you're not allowed bad. to be entertaining, pal. You have to be like Daniel Bryan. Sorry. Yeah, Bray Wyatt wasn't having an 11-minute great match against a literal nobody from the Indies. Therefore... I guess Bray Wyatt's just automatically going to be top three. But I, whatever. Carry yeah, on. Daniel Bryan didn't tell. Um, he didn't tell LA Knight that he'll wrestle him for these fans. So yeah, it's not good enough. Um, number four, AEW Zone, Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky. I mean, you could put anything for Sammy Guevara on this list. Yeah. Pretty you deserving. Know what's bad, but, you know, it's bad when they're putting an AEW thing and the, the worst, the worst of anything. You know. Objectively speaking, it was probably the worst of the year. If an, if an AW-centered awards is putting it there. Yeah, not worse like, than Miz and Loomis. No, I, I, no th- th- that was some of the worst stuff I've seen in five years. I, imagine so. if Dexter Loomis would have came out as like Maurice's baby father. <laughs> uh, they should have done that, pal. pal oh, I don't know. Was, who, who was five? Who was five? Ron Breaker versus Joe Gacy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that was bad. But yeah. yeah, any other, anything else that you feel like got snubbed in this category? Hmm. Any AEW, like maybe AEW feuds? 
I didn't watch Dynamite enough because they, they made me tune out because how boring that show was at points. But I, I'm i sure there was some some stuff that happened in AEW or WWE that was worse than some of those. Um, I don't know. Nothing that jumps to the top of the brain, though. I know. No, nothing. I clearly, I've just either suppressed it or it wasn't even notable enough for me to even watch to begin with. So, yeah, we'll leave that at that and we'll move on to another category. Okay, hey, let's, uh, let's do Worst Gimmick. Uh, this is another WWE award. Worst gimmick, you said? Yep, worst gimmick. Okay. Yeah, WWE uh, ran away. We had one AEW representation, which was Kip Sabian. Um, so I guess the... Uh, I don't even know what his gimmick is. Was he still... Was he doing the gimmick where he, like, had a brown paper bag? Like, like pretty much he, his gimmick was that he was Delonte West. He'd just be outside, like, begging for fans to take pictures with him. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, um, I guess... Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. care. I mean, it must have been bad if if it made this list. It was third. That must have been real bad. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Howdy, number two. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Maximum Male Models, number one. I mean, I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah. Yeah, Maximum Male Models is pretty bad. Uh, Joe Gacy was fourth, and then good old Bray Wyatt, number five. I thought Bray Wyatt would have been higher, actually. So technically Bray Wyatt's in there twice because Uncle Howdy's basically just a Bray Wyatt thing. So Bray Wyatt was mentioned twice in that. Right. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the actual character Bray Wyatt, I thought would have got more votes. I mean, he was what? Like, he was only here for four months out of the year. And Bray Wyatt has two representations. Yeah. He was on for three and a half months. The first month, everyone loved him. Told how great his promos were because he was being he was being authentic. Talking about overcoming depression. And then he had a couple of good segments against LA Knight. Like that, like that, like, oh my god! Is yeah, there any chance to shoehorn him in these awards? Yeah, the Wrestling yeah. Observer readers don't like, uh, I guess, mental health awareness or something, pal. No, they they, they can't stand mental health. That's why they'll spam you death threats if you say Daniel Bryan should retire for his own health. Because <laughs> they're all about mental health and supporting everyone. So I look out for Russell's well-being. Send me Hayden Dar. <coughs> Idiocy. Uh, anyway, that is phenomenal. Uh, promoter of the year, Tony Khan. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan, mm-hmm. number one. Dana White, too. The UFC guy, Dana White. The guy that uh, that slapped his wife on camera. Violently. <laughs> <laughs> that is the second best promoter. <laughs> right, sorry. So before you go, so the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards, the Pro Wrestling Awards. Yes. The guy who finished second in promoter of the year wasn't paul levesque the guy who took over six months in and no pay-per-view from there on out was anywhere close to bad it was all compelling good pay-per-views consistent storytelling good stuff that guy paul levesque wasn't second it was dana white who's most notorious in 2022 for hitting his wife yeah and and and, and anybody since like this is like a legitimate journalism site uh-huh. Anybody that knows anything about the UFC knows that Dana White isn't pulling the strings over there anymore. He's literally just the the guy that does the the media, the PR stuff. He doesn't have any control over fights. He doesn't book shows. He doesn't do any of that. And it books itself. It literally their thing is okay. Here's UFC 285 is in May. UFC 286 is in June. UFC 287 is in July. Like. And again, it's Power. the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards. I mean, I got I me mean, Dana White. I mean, he, hey, he, hey, pal, he he's got a pretty good shoot slap, you know. So. Oh, oh, he'd fit in in New Japan. 
Allegedly. Allegedly. It was on camera. <laughs> it was literally on camera. You can watch it. You can, we, we, can, we can watch that in our worst of stream. We can watch Dana White violently smack his wife if we wanted to. Oh, no. But, pal, that's, that's better than Paul Levesque, pal. Paul Levesque taking over and writing legitimately good, consistent wrestling for six months with some of the biggest stars in the world, the, featuring the Bloodline storyline, some just objectively great stuff. That's not as good as Dana White, who literally barely has any roles or responsibilities. He barely pulls any strings in UFC anymore. He's just a face of publicity, and that publicity, 90% of it was him hitting his wife. Correct. That guy is above Paul Levesque. Okay, and so fine. is uh, Rossi Ogawa. He is also better than Paul Levesque. He came in third. Okay. And he's, he's which promotion again? Um, I think he's New Japan. Let's see. Rossi New Japan. Ogawa. He is Booker of... <laughs> All right, Gato is the Booker of Japan. Yeah, Gato yeah. didn't make this list. Um, Paul well, Levesque came in fourth, fair. and Nick Khan came yeah. in fifth. Nick Khan came in fifth. Wow, how kind Khan. of the voters! Wow. Uh, any guesses on who won best Booker? All right, can I just speculate? I think the only reason Nick Khan came in fifth was because fans only saw Khan and thought it was Tony, so they clicked on his name. <laughs> Maybe that's possible. That's probably what happened. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, that, that's nice. So Dana White gets second, but literally <laughs> doing nothing besides slapping someone, and Paul Levesque. Uh, okay, next, next. Uh, best Booker. Best Booker. So what constitutes Best Booker? So are we talking about, like, guess best matches they've booked, or yeah. are we talking about the stories, or...? Yeah, I guess Best Matches, Best Storylines. Yeah, because I guess Promoter of the Year would be Best Pay-Per-View, like, like Best, like, garnering interest, right? And mm-hmm. giving the fans... I don't know. Yes, giving the fans what they want. I'd say, well, I mean, I'd say Paul Vex is generally the best promoter in wrestling to me, but I, Booker, based on who's, who's, look, I know Tony Khan won. I'm not going to play the fool here. I know Tony Khan won here. I'm not going to complain. I, you know, it is what it is. I think if Tony Khan's your best booker or promoter in wrestling, wrestling's in trouble. That's the only way I'd have to put this. Um, but yeah, Kevin, who, who was the top five of this? Walk us through that. Yeah, so number five is uh, Sean Shelby and Nick Maynard. Who? Um, yeah, Sean Shelby, who's that? I think he's the UFC is that the guy, guy. Is that the guy down the road at Ikea? Oh, he's, he's, the, the, yeah, he's the UFC guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, yep. he, yeah Sean Shelby, they're the, they're the guys that actually do the, the work. Okay, but, uh, fair enough. Don't, don't punch me, please. Like, don't, don't lock me in a, a yeah, camera. Yeah, Dana White's coming to slap you, pal. Yep. Uh, Gato from New Japan came in fourth. Okay. Good old Paul Levesque, third. Hey! Yeah, there he is. And then Rossi Ogawa. Uh, he yeah. almost beat Tony Khan. Close. Tony Dude. Khan won narrowly by about like 45 votes. Just Stardom's got a fan base, eh? Yeah. More power to him. I mean, they gave yeah. us Asuka and some other good stars, so. That's off to him. They yeah. must be doing something that's right. Actually, they couldn't tell you how to watch Stardom. Could you know how to watch Stardom, pal? You, you yeah, you just. You just get your credit card and you you you, you put in the details and uh, a Japanese company takes it. You know, yeah, I mean, you're you, pretty close to Japan. You're on the land down under, pal. You're in the same time zone. Like, I imagine, you know, I mean, that's prime time viewing for you, pal. At Eight p.m. your time. You, you're not watching Stardom. You're not watching Rossi Agawa's product, pal. Kevin, I'm not getting home from work thinking, oh my god, 
two hours from now, stardom's on. Get the get the popcorn, get the chips. Rossi Ogawa's cooking up a great banger tonight. Gotta go to KFC, oh. pal, get some chicken. Yeah, get some chicken, get a zinger box, get a large <laughs> chips, get a drink. Rossi Ogawa's cooking up some heat tonight, baby. Like, no. I'm not... <laughs> like, um, no, I'm... Uh, whatever, anyway. So that's that. Uh... Any other categories? Any, anything else you want to go through? I think listening to your order at KFC is more intriguing than some of these awards, Bell. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. I, some of these, I, <laughs> but also I know, I know one award, Kevin. You'll never guess this: the Brian Danielson Award. Guess who won that? Um, I don't know. I mean, Nikita Lyons, pretty good in ring technician. Yeah, Mandy Rose was probably the front runner until she got just outed out the door. Um, yeah, maybe Cora Jade, potentially, but mm. potentially maybe Wyndham, uh, Bianca Belair. She is great. She's maybe she's up there with Oh Nine Brian Danielson in terms of in ring prowess right now. Kevin, how did Wyndham not win the Brian <laughs> Danielson Award for Best Technical Wrestler? I mean, come on, Wyndham. <laughs> no, nah, so the Brian, Brian Danielson won his own award, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zabra Junior was probably second. <clears throat> Probably, yeah, he was second. And the, the next, the closest, like the third place in the voting was like 15 times less votes than number two. It was, it was a weird category. But, um, yeah, Daniel yeah, Garcia was third. Kevin Garcia was third. No, Daniel Garcia. Oh, at least it's Kevin Garcia. I was like, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me, pal. Yeah, Sierra <laughs> was fourth and Josh Alexander fifth. Um, I got a good one for you, pal. Mm-hmm. Got a good one. Um, <clears throat> You ready for the 2022 most disgusting promotional tactic? Oh my lord. Oh, this will be good. This will be good, pal. Okay. Most disgusting promotional tactic. Okay. So, Ric Flair's last match. Oh. Let's go in ascending order, pal. I mean, you would think it's Ric Flair's oh, so, last so, match. Sorry, sorry. The fact that you didn't. You're telling me Ric Flair's last match wasn't the most disgusting promotional tactic. Uh, no, I, I, it is not. I mean, it didn't make the list, but it was not number one. I hope it would make the list. Wow. So something was a worse promotional tactic. Okay, carry on. Yeah, so, um, so AEW had one entry. Oh. You, naturally, really? when I say that, you probably think, oh, it, the EVPs, the bosses of a wrestler beating up one of their employees, that would probably make the list. Correct. You know, while there's a man's wife in the locker room and you know, a man's dog. You got these mm-hmm. EVPs, again, people that are in charge, busting down, literally kicking down a locker room door of their own employee's locker room. That, that You would think that would make the list, but no. Yeah, Kevin, management of a company allegedly performing assault and battery on an on a employee. Right. Well, yeah. well, there's a woman there in the room. And, and a dog and someone who's injured. A woman who's not a wrestler, keep in mind. Just throw that that's out there. Obviously, that, that's, and that, that's, that's, yeah, that should be top two. Along with Ric Flair. Yeah, you, you would think, yeah. You would think. But no, it's uh, number five is AEW not punishing CM Punk after the Adam Page call-out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Disgusting, right? After the... Wait, is in the Adam... Wait. Is it after the media scrum or after the promo in May? I'm guessing the promo when he came back from being injured the first time and... Um, or, yeah, when he came what? back and, like, he was feuding with Adam Page and he cut this, like, off-the-script promo. That's the only thing I could think of. AW not punishing. AW celebrates breaking the fourth wall shoot promos. That like what? And keep in mind, Hangman Page broke the fourth wall first, and 
shot on CM Punk and you know. Is that that CM Punk's for what? <clears throat> CM Punk just retaliated. But again, um, the employee, the EVPs, the bosses of the company, um, punching one of their employees didn't make the list. But you know what did though, pal? Oh, this would be good. Stephanie yeah, McMahon's my... goodbye to Vince McMahon came in number four. How is that a promotional tactic? Wait, did they do? Wait, they just so they assume Kevin. 2022, I tuned out a little bit. I wasn't watching every episode of Raw or SmackDown. Did they do a segment and build an angle on Stephanie McMahon saying goodbye to Vince? What, what? Uh, not that I remember, but that's what it seems to be is implied here. Maybe she did. I think she did a tweet. I think she sent a tweet and was like, oh, yeah, love you, Dad. That's literally, Kevin, they did it. In 2001, there was literally a storyline with Vince McMahon making Trish bark like a dog, <laughs> and they used that to promote WrestleMania. And now Stephanie tweeting, thanking her dad mm-hmm. for being her dad yep. is a disgusting promotional tactic, apparently. What? Yes. Kevin, I, just, I watched WrestleMania 17 two days ago and was literally seeing Vince McMahon screaming in Trisha's face as he's making his sedated wife stare as he abuses his own children. <laughs> what is this? Oh but, oh, but Kevin, Stephanie McMahon, what, what was the exact wording of the, the uh, number four? Stephanie oh. McMahon's goodbye to Vince McMahon. Kevin, you think they use that as the, the main storyline for WrestleMania, get millions of viewers and get a live gate going? Like, that, I don't even remember that happening. Like, how's that a promotional tactic? What? Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. okay. Uh, nevertheless, nice. uh, number three is one Ric Flair's last match. Sorry, don't get my ears checked. You said number three? Correct. Okay, so I'm assuming number one was like a live assassination attempt in the middle of a wrestling show <laughs> to get ratings. I'm assuming number one was literally like an assault and battery happened on screen for the sake of ratings. I assume someone beat up their own child for views. Something like that, I, I would assume, would be number above that because Kevin... Ric Flair faking heart attack in front of loved ones to try and promote a dying company. That's the worst thing. That's the worst promotional tactic. That is a legitimate promotional tactic as well. Number four with Stephanie is not a promotional tactic. That's just something that sort of happened with a family. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, number two is WWE and Saudi Arabia relationship. I mean, that's a shoe in to finish top three for the next whenever, however long, 10 years until that deal is up. Yeah. And then number yeah. one. I mean, this is... It's hard to argue. It's hard to argue this being number one. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon appearing on TV after sexual misconduct allegations. Now, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue with this one. That's <laughs> I mean, pretty, that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. I thought, yeah. yeah, there's like, there's just all this news, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post is writing these just, <laughs> just um, tell-all articles about Vince McMahon paying off paralegals, paying off Christy Hemi, you know, the fact that, that he fired women that didn't want to have sex with him. And then they're just like, WWE's like, alright, Vince McMahon is appearing on SmackDown. <laughs> Kevin, there are these scathing articles, there are blistering allegations being laid against Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> and WWE, I remember that, they were like, Vince McMahon, up next! Opening the show! Yeah, and then that. he comes out, and he's just like, all right, welcome to SmackDown, pal. Yeah, there was no point to it. It was just, okay, that's, that is fair. That, that's, to be fair, that's kind of like, 
Oh my god, that's yeah. that's most Vince thing you'll ever hear though. That's, oh, that's yeah. wow. It's wow. it's ridiculous that the AEW EVP is punching out an employee while a defenseless woman is in the locker room. How that doesn't make this list is ridiculous. And again, it it just it just it's an insult to the credibility. It shows you what kind of award this is, what kind of um just awards and presentation that they have going on here at the Wan Awards. Yeah, literally, you've got. Blatant, egregious misuse and abuse of power from management in a workplace, uh, beating up, assaulting and battering an employee in front of a defenseless, non-wrestler woman, a dog, someone who's injured. That happens to generate buzz for AEW and as the fallout for All Out. That happens. That's, that's not even mentioned. But Stephanie McMahon tweeting acknowledging her father who literally made wrestling what it is today that's that's top four yeah okay let's do the worst major wrestling show uh, um yeah so number five for worst wrestling but actually what do you think is the worst major wrestling show let me ask you that worst major wrestling show yeah. i mean are we basing this off ratings because in that case it's impact or rampage but, uh, like the singular, the singular wrestling event. Oh, I was in like one, like a worst pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Whereas major event is the, how they, they. I mean, in, in objective fairness, I can't think of anything worse than the Royal Rumble from last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's number one. Yeah, number one by a, a pretty good margin. I mean, a distant number two was the Elimination Chamber. All right, here we're gonna have that's a little fun, pal. Number three is GCW The World. I got 112 votes. Uh, this was narrowly third. Only seven, 17, sorry, 17 less votes in the Elimination Chamber. I'm going to read the card for GCW The World 2022. Oh, this is good. This will be good, pal. Okay, I'm, let's go. Hit me. All right, so um, they had, I guess, let me see, make sure these, yep, these are two pre-show or dark matches. Um, it was a... E-A-B-S-T Blue Ribbon Kickoff Battle Royal. That is... Okay, so that's a beer company that sponsored this. Okay. Um, Big Vin won by last eliminating Charles Mason in this pre-show Battle Royal. Hell yeah. And then we had uh, the same beer company sponsored a scramble match for a kickoff. Um... This was Grim Reefer, not Reaper, Reefer, like like marijuana. Grim Reefer <laughs> defeated Alex Zane, Dante Leon, Shane Mercer, Jack Cartwheel, and Ninja Mac. Get the popcorn, get the beers. And Ninja Real Mac rascal. is on the show, pal. Yeah, you gotta get the chicken. Yeah. Going to KFC, gonna get me some chicken strips. Gotta watch oh, Ninja yeah. Mac, pal. Get some chicken tenders, get some pieces of hot and crispy original recipe. Hell yeah! What? Oh, Kevin, get the get get your mates around, get the kangaroos, get the dingoes, sim around the TV, turn on a bit of GCW, the world, pal, the Max in action. Yeah, gotta watch Jack Cartwheel while I listen to Post Malone, pal, with, with my boys. Oh yeah! All right, so then the main card. Um, this is a grab the brass ring ladder match. So they're using an old Vinceism, pal. Um, AJ Gray defeated PCO, which is the PCO is the guy that wrestled in the eighties, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. That's Carl Ole. 
from oh Quebecers. That's what he was. Quebecers in the Yeah. Got a fifty seven year old PCO out there, pal. Um Alex Cologne, G Raver, Tony Deppin, <coughs> Jimmy Lloyd, and Jordan Oliver. Yeah. Wow. And then the next match was a trios match. A oh, team wow. Gringo versus Team Bandito. Nice. And we had Blake Christian versus Leo Rush. I thought Leo Rush retired, but nevertheless. Oh, here's here's a riveting one, pal. This is the sixth match of the night. Smack dab in the middle of the card. Matt Cardona with Chelsea Green versus Joey Janela. Wow. Oh ho. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh ho. Alright, then we have a four on two handicap match. Um Vance Warner and Matthew Justice. Versus 44OH. Um, so that is a four-man team consisting of Atticus Coger, Eddie Only, Gregory Iron, and Bobby Beverly. Okay, how is this worse than the Royal Rumble? I'm sorry. Like, like <laughs> what am I listening to? <laughs> uh, it just gets worse, pal. Um, this, this sucks. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> carry on. Yeah, it does suck. Then we had Ruby Soho versus Ali Ketch. And then uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Effort. Oh, so Ruby, sorry, that's Ruby Riot, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. She went from wrestling in front of the millions in WWE getting, you know, she was at WrestleMania and all this, and now she's wrestling in, in literally this just trash. And she's in the women's title match this Sunday at Revolution. That's nice. Yeah. Then we have uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Effie. Oh, yeah. You go, Jeff Jarrett, pal, is... Uh, in a, yeah, in a top-tier match. Wow. Yeah. Um, then we have the GCW champion, John Moxley, versus Homicide. Okay. And then, wow. last but not least, in the main event, Matt Tremont and Nick Cage versus the Briscoe Brothers. That's probably the only match on the show that's like that would probably be worth watching, that main event. Yeah. I don't think I need to see John Moxley versus Homicide. I could probably tell you exactly how the match went. Let me guess, there was bleeding involved? Probably, yeah. Bit of, bit of cheeky blade action? Maybe a bit of pizza cutter action? Maybe, yeah. So yeah, so that is your uh, third worst match of the year. Pay-per-view, wow. That... Or pay-per-view of the year, sorry. Uh, yeah, then Ric Flair's last match came in fourth with 98 votes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so, Evan, you, you sort of lost me when you were reading through that. Like, I, you simply reading that card, I don't know how our listeners felt there, but I'm listening to that going, the thought of even sitting down to watch that for three, four hours makes me upset, let alone having watched that. So, yeah, nice. There you go, pal. And then uh, coming in last, or fifth, I should say, um, the worst major wrestling show is NWA Hard Times 3. They're naming pay-per-views after Dusty Rhodes promos, and their promotions being led by Tyrus. I, I what a joke! Yeah, that that featured the match that we spoke about earlier, the triple threat match, uh, Tyrus with Black Jesus or Black G's. Tyrus with Black G's in his corner versus Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona. Tyrus with Black Jesus. Oh my God. Roddy That's Piper, Harley Race, uh, Dusty Rose. Dusty Rose literally died. Had this 
pay-per-view named after him. Dusty Rose is rolling in his grave at the idea that a hard times pay-per-view in the NWA is headlined by Tyrus with Black G's in his corner versus Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona. Literally, Dusty Rose is rolling over. Cody Rose could probably attest to this. One day, when I become a legitimate journalist, I'm going to ask Cody Rose how his father would feel about a pay-per-view being named after his famous catchphrase being headlined by Tyrus and Black G's. Kevin, the only hard times in that show is every viewer who had to watch it. That's hard times for them. Wow, like, that was four pre-show matches. You'd think this was like WrestleMania in its absolute prime. Like, what is this? Is Pal, your main event is Tyrus with Black Jesus against Trevor Murdoch, who's like 54, <coughs> and Matt Cardona, who's famous for having a hot wife. <coughs> like, what is this? <coughs> yeah, this match is going to kill me, pal. Oh, my God. Um, you really killed Kevin Garcia. Wow. Do you want to hear just, like, a couple matches on the card? It's a 16-match card, so I won't read them all. But oh, I'll, my God. I'll, I'll give you uh, a few. Kevin, just only pick out the most, like, one the ones that sound most egregious. Yeah, here's a good one. Um, Max the Impaler with Father James Mitchell in his corner versus Natalia Markova in a Voodoo Queen casket match. <laughs> Sorry, can you just please repeat that? A Voodoo <laughs> Queen casket match. Yes, Max the Impaler with Father James Mitchell in his corner versus Natalia Markova in a Voodoo Queen casket match. I don't even want to make any assumptions. I I I, I don't know who Max. I know Natalia Markova. I've heard of her, but I don't know who Max the Impaler is. I don't want to make any assumptions based on the name of that match. So yeah, I'll just move on. Um, let's see. Um, here's another good one here. Yeah, this is what Dusty Rose died for. Um, right here, pal. Is the Fixers. Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball Ligurski. Oh my god. Versus the Spectaculars. Brady Pierce and Rush Freeman with Ronaldo Freeman in their corner. Kevin, I want to tie this back full circle to why we're doing this whole show. This, this is... Why we're doing this is about objectivity. Why we're doing this is about pointing things out and being fair and... Yeah, I hit it. Sorry? Yeah. I was just going to say, okay, we're doing this for objectivity and listening to what you're reciting to me in these last about five to seven minutes, I'm in, my, my jaws on the floor. I can't believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> and, and stuff like this isn't the worst. WWE is the worst because it's WWE, which that, that is disgraceful. There, there's no objectivity in that. Oh, WWE had a pay-per-view where, I mean, there was a good Roman Reigns match against Seth Rollins on it, and then there was a Rumble match that was a bit kind of dry, and then there was a, a decent women's Rumble. That sucks, yes. But, oh, the show with Tyrus and Black Jesus and a voodoo girl match and all, this, like, all these random GCW and NWA hard times in the world and all these like indie mud shows with trash like Tyrus with Black Jesus versus Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona headlining. <laughs> That's that's fine. Put that below the WWE thing because it's WWE. Because Vince McMahon was associated. Therefore, Wayne <laughs> Seth Rollins had a great storyline about the Shield and that match. That was the worst. 
Tyrus with Black Jesus. That was great. <laughs> we only got that third or fifth. <sighs> what is this now? <laughs> oh. Well, on that note, um, I guess we'll uh, we'll get out of here on that one. We can call it there, I, Kevin. I, I've heard enough. You you reading those just like cards? It, the, ugh, if someone can honestly listen to that and tell me a show which had Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins for the Universal Title with a, 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 an awesome shield <laughs> storyline, a show that had that, a show that was by and large decent, some good superstars on it. I mean, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton returned in his hometown. I mean, Bad Bunny made an appearance. There was a Women's Royal Rumble that was all right, some decent stars, decent returns, all around a solid pay-per-view outside of really the main event, generally of the Rumble. That show sucked as a Royal Rumble in front of 50,000 people because Vince McMahon wrote it. Let's celebrate and endorse GCW's worst show of the year or NWA's Hard Times show with Tyrus and Black Jesus versus Trevor Murdoch and Matt Cardona. End it there. I'm done. Uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Here's another match that took place at NWA Hard Times 3. Dusty Rose died for this, pal. The question mark 2 versus the question mark in a mask versus mask in a mask versus mask match, pal. But yeah, with that, thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to torture yourself or, you know, if you want to go to sleep early and you're having a hard time going to bed, put on Hard Times 3 or put on GCW The World. There you go. No one, no one that Cody Rhodes left AEW. The fact that he was associated with a promotion whose fans and diehard followers endorse that and say that that hard time show, there's a, a disgrace to the legacy of his father. That show wasn't as bad as WWE just because it's WWE. Good on Cody Rhodes. Main event WrestleMania. Who cares what lies Brian Alvarez will spread about him on his podcast? Like, oh, Sami Zayn is more over and should be added to the match. Forget that. Cody Rhodes is putting his foot in the ground and not standing for these atrocious awards. Kevin, what we've just gone through for an hour and a half, I know we're trying to end it there. I have to go go off one more time on these awards. What we've just gone through for an hour and a half is some of the most biased, egregious, blatantly incorrect stuff I've heard. Some of these awards are legitimate and fair, 100%. Some of them are a downright disgrace to the industry especially some of this stuff with Tyrus, the NWA, and what we just <laughs> yelled about. So, yeah, we'll end it there. Let's end it there. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed. Um, follow us on whatever you know, platform you're listening to this, if you haven't already. Leave a like, leave a rating, all that kind of good stuff. Big shows come off WrestleMania season. We got through this one. This one I thought would end Kevin because he's got the cough at the moment. I thought we'd kill Kevin on this show. I thought I'd pass out from yelling. So we didn't. Do either, but yeah, we try our best to entertain, pal. And, and I'll say this, I'll make an executive decision here. If this episode of the podcast gets 40 likes, Jimmy and I will watch either NWA Hard Times or GCW The World, pal. We'll do a no, watch don't, along. Don't leave likes. Don't leave likes if you listen to this. Do not leave a like on this, We'll please. do a watch along of one of those shows oh, for this oh, business, pal. Everybody's going to get your illegal streams fired up. And we're going to watch NWA Hard Times 3 if this video gets 40 likes. Uh, okay. I'm done. Hey, peace, everyone.